you know, I've been nice. I've been kind. Um, but this is the final week. Those of you at the bottom, if you don't win, I got nothing left for you. This is from the commissioner's desk. Welcome in to the next installment of From the Commissioner's Desk. This is Trenton Chaz. We're coming to you live here on Thursday, November 18th. We're through Rivalry Week, mm. and I am a defeated man. Chaz, why don't you take a second and just gloat on yourself and your team for a minute? You know, this is a wise man once said, do you gloat in the eyes of the lesser man? No, you just you expect it and you move on with your life. There was no there was no shock there. It was in the books. Everyone knows. Yeah, we had quite a few blowouts this week for rivalry week. Um, You know, is this something we should revisit, Chad? Should we try and work on getting some more competitive matchups for the future years in terms of rivals? I think there needs to be more um, decision based on um, animosity towards one another. I think it's less about the the competition and more about um, some underlying issues. Um, in relationships. Yeah, we'll definitely have more conversation uh, leading into the offseason about that. But one thing to note is of the five matchups during rivalry week, all five of those teams swept both weeks of rivalry week. So Chaz, you beat me both weeks. Uh, Eric beat Tyler both weeks. Will Gray beat Davis both weeks. Ethan beat Will Hickson both weeks and Daniel beat Kyle both weeks. So, you know, these rivals have a lot to rub in the face of their adversaries. Yeah. Wow. That is actually a very fun stat. And I did not know that. So maybe we could, could keep it next year. Maybe we'll, um, do we play anybody um, for a third, third rivalry week? Or are we done for the year with rivals? No, not with this current schedule. We've got the uh, 14 game regular season. So we're playing a majority of the league twice, uh, but no one three times. Hmm. Oh, well, unfortunately for you who have lost both times, um, some sad news, but maybe we'll mix it up next year. Um, Real quick, though, we're going to go in more depth later with our special guest for our standings breakdown. Um, But just a broad stroke here. I said it in the intro, um, the teams at the bottom, you really have pretty much one more week to get right. Um, If all things go well, you might have one extra week. But if you don't get a win now, you're out of luck. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. And now we're going to break down into our first ever segment where we're talking not so much about fantasy, but power rankings. Uh, taking a look at both conferences. So, Chaz, you're going to give a breakdown of the NFC, and I'm going to do the AFC. We're going to talk about the teams overall uh, that we would power rank in terms of being Super Bowl champions, or at least making it to the Super Bowl. Um, so go ahead and start us off by taking a look at the NFC. Yeah, I uh, decided to pick the NFC. I personally, uh, minus the Ravens, think this is the most exciting of the two conferences. Um, real quick, we both picked about four or five teams to break down um, just purely based on um, real life NFL teams to see how they're going to push towards the end of the year. Um, no surprise at number one for me. I know it's been a little rocky. 
there is some bias with this pick, but at number one, uh, they lost their number two wide receiver. And then on defense, they got a few new people in to kind of mix up the schemes here. It's the LA Rams. I got the LA Rams uh, at number one and my power rankings going towards the end of the year hmm. and my preseason Super Bowl pick. Um, right now, Matthew Stafford has not played up to par. Um, he's not happy. His wife's not happy. She has been seen this past weekend throwing pretzels at the San Francisco San Francisco fans. How dare she? Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I'll get more into that here shortly. But uh, yeah, they're at the top. They just got OBJ. I'm curious to see how he works in there. They got Von Miller. Um, I think once every, oh, the dust kind of settles, they have a bye week. I think um, moving forward after their bye week, they should be um, number one for me. Who's your number one pick there, my friend? Yeah, that's interesting. I actually wouldn't put the Rams in my top three for the NFC. I think that um, if you look at the schedule and look at the teams they've beat, uh, obviously all their players have put up phenomenal weeks. And Chaz, you've been on the record saying, give me any and all the Rams I can possibly get. Um, They've put up phenomenal numbers. Really the only solid team that they've beat is the Buccaneers in week three. Uh, Again, not going to take that away from them. But that was early on in the season. I think the Buccaneers are a little bit of a different team now. But the Rams have really not played up to the competition uh, of some of these higher-powered teams. Uh, and with Robert Woods going out, I don't think that's a player that's easily replaced. And I don't think Odell is necessarily the answer. So there's a lot that I'm looking for uh, to really see a Rams team that's competent uh, and willing to be the top of the list. For me, the top of the NFC is one team that comes from actually the same division from the NFC West, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you can dog on the Cardinals a little bit because of the fact that uh, they've lost or or been in close matchup these last few weeks. That's without their number one, I mean, their quarterback, Kyler Murray, and their number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So when they're at full power and they've got Kyler under center, uh, I think this is a dangerous team that can really light up any scoreboard. They're going to be my number one team out of the NFC. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. One of the funny things, though, I don't have Arizona in my top five. We've got our takes, and usually they're wrong. So we'll we'll see who comes up on top there. And this one, um, I mean, if you didn't look at the standings, you might not believe it, but my number two pick, and currently at the top of the NFC, is the Green Bay Packers. Now, there's a few things um, that you could touch on. Um, be coming into the season that you might think they didn't, they wouldn't turn out so well. Um, but is there anything Aaron Rodgers besides get vaccinated can't do? Um, I don't think so. Um, he has a few weapons. Aaron Jones just went out. Um, it's said to be one to two weeks. So I'm not super worried about that. And then in steps, AJ Dillon. Um, I don't think um, he's going to miss a step and their offense is just going to keep chugging along. Um, so uh, their defense has struggled a little bit. Um, with um, Jair Alexander out, but I think he should. Is he out for the season, or is he coming back anytime soon? This potentially comes back in the playoffs, but he's out for the regular season. Yeah. Okay, no, it's fine with that. Uh, but the past few weeks, their defense has been playing well. Um, but I, I, I just I, I like Aaron Rodgers, and I like the Green Bay offense. If everyone stays healthy, um, they're my number two pick. Um, thoughts? Completely agree there. They're also my number two team in the NFC. Um, a lot to be said for the Packers overcoming adversity, but even more than that, this is a, a uh, program that has a lot of poise. This is a team that 
consistently makes the playoffs, consistently makes deep runs to the NFC championship game. I think they're going to be right there in that position, uh, have a slight edge in my personal rankings, have the Cardinals over them. But this is a phenomenal team once again. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you can doubt him all you want, uh, but he produces week out, week out. All righty. And that brings us to my third pick. Trent, do you have any guesses on my number three pick? No, I'm going to let you uh, speak your piece first. Okay. My number three, uh, it's been a little bit of rocky road with injuries with this team, but it's actually Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I will say this. Um, the reason I picked them is because I do believe in the playoffs, they will have to face Green Bay in the matchup this time. I think Aaron Rodgers takes the cake. So that's why they're right below there. But I will say the Tampa Bay offense, um, besides Gronkowski and Chris Godwin, I believe is injured. He's on your lineup. You should know more. Is this true? He's going to be back for this upcoming week. Okay, great. So he'll be back in there. Um, AB, I think, is out for a few more weeks, but he'll be there during playoff time. Um, with Tom Brady behind the wheel, I, again, kind of the Aaron Rodgers situation, there's really nothing they can't do, and their defense really shows up in the big moments. Um, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. I think the Bucks, everyone knows they're good. Um, I have them there at number three. Strong pick. Yeah. And in, in my power rankings, I'm going to give a slight edge actually to the Cowboys in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have an easier schedule towards the latter half, half of the season uh, and will be a shoe in for the playoffs. And I think this is a dangerous team. I mean, I think Kellen Moore has definitely established himself as the play caller in that air raid type offense. And they have a beautifully paired running game um, to complement the high power passing game. They're getting Michael Gallup back. Um, this is a team that has a slew of weapons similar to the Buccaneers. So I kind of see these teams as, you know, your three, a three B when you're looking at the NFC, I've got the Buccaneers right behind the Cowboys in my personal rankings. Oh, got one. We, we are both flip-flopped here. I have the Cowboys just behind the Buccaneers. Um, the Cowboys going into the, the beginning of the season, or I guess towards the end of last year into this season, I think they didn't live up to their hype, uh, but this year they have the weapons. They are currently sitting at seven and two. They are five or one in their conference here. Um, so I have them sitting right behind the Bucks. Um, like I said, I think if all their offensive weapons are healthy, I know um, Amari Cooper is said to be banged up a little bit. Um, I think they should be good for the playoffs. And then Cam, or not Cam, um, Dak being out for a whole year um, and finally coming back and being ready to go. Um, I think he's finally coming into form as well. So they are sitting there at number four for me. Yeah, and then for four for me, obviously, like we mentioned, of the Buccaneers, um, not going to talk about this too long, but the Buccaneers, in fact, are obviously going to win the NFC South. Uh, I don't think they're going to be challenged by any of the other teams, so they're a shoe-in for the playoffs, and I think they're going to be a dangerous team. You can never count out Tom Brady, uh, and they've got, again, a slew of weapons uh, surrounding him. So the real question there is their defense. I mean, their defense has been great for fantasy, but given given up a lot of big plays, um, so hopefully they can tighten that up come playoff time. Yeah. And then you broke it down pretty well. Number five for me is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think they, if everyone's healthy, um, they should be in the mix there too. So I think all five of those teams are looking good. Um, that's just my personal rankings there. Um, but I got uh, Arizona at number five. Love it. All right, let's move on in and all kind of lead us through the AFC. So the other side of things um, now, Chaz, we can both agree the AFC has flipped on its head. I think if you asked me two weeks ago, without a doubt, the two top teams that I would have in the AFC would be the Bills and the Ravens. Well, two weeks ago, the Bills lost to arguably one of the worst teams in the AFC, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, in an ugly game, they lost, I believe it was six to nine was the final score. 
and then the game that you were at, right, last Thursday, the Ravens lost Don't remind to me. the pretty pitiful Miami Dolphins. So, you know, two of the top teams amongst the AFC falling to uh, two of the teams at the very bottom of the standings. So this will be interesting to break down. Uh, I know we're probably going to make a few of our listeners a little bit frustrated by not obviously putting the Titans at the top because they stand amongst the top of the AFC in terms of their overall record. Uh, but I still have a lot of faith in this Bills team, and I think you might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this team, I think, is a team to beat in the AFC. Uh, will pretty clearly be atop the AFC East uh, unless the Patriots are able to overcome them in these last few weeks uh, of the regular season. So I like the Bills as my number one team. They've got a lot of weapons in their defense. Oh my goodness, their defense is something to marvel at. Yeah, um, I have flip-flopped here. At number one, it's going to be a shocker. I'm not proud of it, Um, but it's Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans. I think um, besides their their fan base, the character of their fan base, the character of their players and the whole character of their organization. I think they're a pretty good football team. Um, I'm coming around on Mike Rabel. Um, he's got tenacity. He's hungry. They play physical. Um, they really just do anything to win. Um, so I, I'm putting them at number one. Um, they're fans. <laughs> I think we are arguably the worst, but um, I like Mike Rabel. So I'll leave it at that. Very nice. And yeah, for me, number two, I'm actually just over the Titans. I'm going to put the Baltimore Ravens uh, for a number of reasons. Now, to me, number two in the AFC is the Ravens because of the fact that they can close out games. Uh, I think it's been showed quite a few times this year that Lamar Jackson, this high powered offense, um, can rely on their special teams and can rely on their defense to really help them out and aid them in a well-rounded team aspect. So to me, the Ravens are pretty clear in a way still the number two team in terms of making it to the Super Bowl from the AFC in my perspective. Wow, bold move there. Um, Number two for me is the Buffalo Bills. I think um, their defense is the best in the league. I think their offense has been subpar to say the least. Um, They focus too much on the, the passing game. Um, defenses are kind of looking into that same with Kansas city. They just put their defense, their secondary over the top and say, beat us with your running backs and underneath. And that's not Josh Allen's game plan. So um, that's kind of been their bugaboo recently, but I do think going forward, uh, the bills are going to figure it out. Okay. You got Josh Allen back there. He's going to do what he does. And uh, enough said. Yeah. Then the third team I have is the Tennessee Titans. I think uh, this is a phenomenal team. They've got a great record. Uh, their remaining schedule, they play the Jags and the Texans, I believe the Texans twice to end out the year. So they've got a relatively easy schedule, division games too, so big games, but I think they should deal with uh, pretty handedly. Uh, The injuries do make me a little bit concerned. I mean, obviously Julio's been questionable throughout the entire year, as he often is, uh, placed on IR. Hopefully they get him Mm -hmm. back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he – you know, sits out or is injured in some capacity for the remainder of the season. And then you never know how Derrick Henry is going to return. You'd love to see him return to the same uh, shining glory that he's been to the start of the season. Um, but can you rely on that and confidently say he's going to be back to 100% come playoff time? That's yet to be determined. And you don't get too much confidence with Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols uh, running that backfield. So to become a little bit one dimensional there uh, and really with Julio Jones out, you're relying heavily on your tight end game and AJ Brown. Um, so that's why I put them just a notch below the Ravens in terms of my power rankings. Yep. I love it. Number three for me. Um, 
is the Baltimore Ravens. I love them. I don't need to say any more. I will say Tennessee Titans sit up there number one. If they were on the Ravens schedule this year, the Titans would not be in my top five. Uh, but since they don't play this year, they have a chance unless they meet them in the playoffs and they will lose. Um, so Baltimore Ravens is my number three pick. And then to move on for me for that last number four spot, I've really got two teams here that I was going back and forth on. And this is not necessarily going to be, uh, if you look at the current standings, these are teams that uh, are a little bit further down uh, teams that would be considered long shot, but two teams that I consider trending in a great direction. And I think are going to make a lot of noise and hopefully in my opinion, make the playoffs. And that's one being the Colts. So same division, the Titans. I love what I'm seeing from the Colts organization. I think they're playing a really dominant football right now uh, and could make a lot of noise come playoff time if they're able to make it in. So this is one of those teams, little asterisk next to it. If they're able to make it into the playoffs, I think they can make some noise and potentially make it to the Super Bowl. And the other team trending upwards in the same, in a similar capacity as the Colts is the Patriots. Unfortunately, Ooh. Bill Belichick's put himself right in a similar position as he always does. Um, Mac Jones is the most serviceable rookie quarterback we've seen in quite a while, probably since Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year uh, many moons ago. So I think that Patriots have put themselves in a great position without a lot of big name talent. Um, they're just doing it the Bill Belichick way. So you can never really count those guys out. I think we are on the same wavelength. My, It's a tie for number four for me. It is also the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, he works with what he's got. Um, he's kind of like me. I'm not the, the best looking or the funniest or the smartest. Um, don't have many great features to myself, but I work with what I got and I think it works out well. Um, so that's my first pick is New England Patriots right there. He, they're going to, they're going to find a way there. And Mac Jones has been playing great And second. And this is ironic as well, because my pick who is a team that I think is coming into form and also a team that for anybody who's up there who I would not want to face in playoffs is Kansas city chiefs. I think mm. um, they're going to make a push towards the end of the year. Their offense is finally starting to click. And you know how that's ironic. The quarterback for the Kansas city chiefs and the tight end for the Kansas city chiefs are currently sitting on down patrol and his team is the exact same way. Good luck to anybody who plays him in the playoffs um, who wants to get to that into season push there. Um, got some two teams there that I think um, are hungry and they're ready. Yeah. Kansas city was the one team I left off of my power rankings. Um, we saw it for one week, but I'm going to need a little bit more than that to see that they're fully back, ready to go. Uh, impressive week 10 victory, but we'll see if they're able to, you know, conjure up enough wins to make the playoffs, honestly, uh, for the rest of this year. And then for Trent, um, I know you weren't prepared for this, but I have a bonus pick. Um, two bonus picks. Both of them are in the NFC. And the first one is my bonus sneaky good team who I think will have a good playoff run here is the Minnesota Vikings. I like the Minnesota Vikings from the beginning of the season. Um, I think um, with Kirk Cousins back there, um, he's a good he's a good play manager. They have a pretty good offensive weapons. And if their defense pulls together, I think they could make a push. So that's my sneaky um, lone star pick there at the bottom. And then my my other, which I think is a sneaky overrated team, um, I hate to say is the San Francisco 49ers. It's just a Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's an offensive coordinator. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of offensive coordinators becoming head coaches because they don't care about anybody except their freaking offense. They, they go through the offense, they pick their plays. And then as soon as the offense off the field, they go around and they don't care about the rest of the team. And he's a little cocky. I'm not a big fan of him and his press conferences. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. Um, and I just, I just don't like him very much. And uh, that's all I'd say about that. And there's no chance to rebuttal. So let's move on to the next segment. 
All right. With that being said, we're going to move on to some fantasy relevant news. I'm just going to kind of read headlines and Chaz, just kind of hear your reaction and I'll give a little bit of a rebuttal to each of these. Okay. So number one, in terms of fantasy relevant news, we have Julio Jones being placed on IR. Okay. I talked about a little bit in the power rankings for the AFC. Uh, We know Julio is on the injury ridden team that Kyle owns the B team. Um, but what does this look like for the rest of the Tennessee Titans? I know this week they're going up against the Texans, so it shouldn't be too big of a challenge, but with Henry out and with Julio out, does this team become quite a bit more one-dimensional in the way I was saying during the power ranking breakdown? Yeah. First off, let's push to the relevance to fantasy. Um, unless he gets traded from the B team, there is none. So he's on IR, IR just like the rest of your players. So I don't think it's a big issue in terms of the fantasy realm, in terms of the NFL realm. Um, he's been kind of off and on all season. Um, again, the Titans are similar to the, um, the Patriots this year. They're kind of just um, doing what it takes to win. They're just playing more physical than most people. Um, so I think his absence will be a hindrance, especially with Derrick Henry out. But if Derrick Henry can make it back for the playoffs, I don't think it should be that big of an issue. Um, but I think they'll survive. Yeah, and I just mentioned that they have a very easy schedule to end out the year, so I'm pretty confident, you know, already sitting atop the AFC uh, that Tennessee's going to hold that position, make it to the playoffs, um, but I do have some concerns. You know, one of those teams that's going to be limping, to say the least, uh, making it into the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if they can make some noise, conjure up some wins, uh, and make it into the Super Bowl. Uh, let's move on into the next topic. And that's the topic of Odell Beckham Jr. So we've seen him play one week. He had four days with the team, three or four days with L.A. Um, Not too exciting of a first game with Matt Stafford in that offense. I think the offense just wasn't clicking in general uh, against San Francisco on Monday night. Um, What do you expect from Odell moving forward? They play at Lambeau this upcoming week. Um, So it might be a a wintry mix that they're going to be playing in weather-wise. Um, is Odell someone that if you had on your team, you would be, uh, thinking about potentially putting into a flex position? Yeah. So they're currently on by this week, the upcoming matchup next week, again, in fantasy realm, uh, he's on Davis's team. So unless you trade around a little bit, I don't think it's really relevant, um, for the actual LA Rams, they lost Robert Woods, who's arguably one of the better passing wide receivers, Uh, are better blocking wide receivers in the NFL and they get Odell Beckham, who's one of the most complainers um, and doesn't block ever. Um, So I think it might be an issue in their, their scheme, the way they like to run uh, screens and outs and stuff. So um, it could be an issue there, but I think uh, he'll, he'll do more good than, than hurt them. So I like him, but if fantasy, if I, if I had him for, he's got a, he's got a week to learn the scheme. I put, I put him in there if needed a wide receiver at flex. Yeah, it's a, it's a high-powered offense. We'll see if these matchups um, are favorable moving forward. All right, this next one, a little bit change of pace. Chaz, I'm going to give you a stat line, and I want you to give this a score from A-plus to F, okay? Mm-hmm. 12 receptions, 102 yards, zero touchdowns, 20.7 fantasy points. Yeah, when it comes to touchdowns, they're, they're the, the lifeblood of a uh, fantasy player. Um, so without those... Um, he's getting no bonus points. I will give him a B. This is a B. Okay. You're giving this player a B. This is Jarvis Landry's stat total for the last three weeks where you said he would have the game of his life. So combined over three weeks, he had 12 receptions, 102 yards, 20 fantasy points. That's about seven fantasy points a game. 
what do you have to say for yourself for saying he would be a phenomenal fantasy star? First off, I miss uh, I misread the assignment. Um, I thought you said he got 20 fantasy points um, on average, so I apologize for that. Second off, um, I'm going to give that a C. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry, hey. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, um, all, all the things were there for him to have good weeks. Mm. Um, it's, it's similar to my breakdown at the beginning. Uh, I've been nice. I've been kind. I thought he could do it, but um, to hell with him. Not quite panning out the way you had hoped, uh, the way you had called it, put your life on the line for it, I believe you said last week. Uh, but we'll see if he can have some production in that Cleveland offense. I know Baker's going to be out for a little while now. Uh, not looking so great. Uh, let's move on into the next storyline, and that's the New York Jets have officially announced yesterday that they'll be starting Joe Flacco. Coming up, uh, they've got more or less a stink fest where they're going to be facing the Dolphins this upcoming week. Um, is there any realm of possibility that Joe Flacco should be started in a fantasy matchup? Yeah, according to the Jets, apparently they would rather have Joe Flacco in there because the Dolphins have been very rush heavy and they'd prefer a more experienced quarterback in there um, to read these checkdowns and to um, do plays accordingly. Uh, whatever the fuck that means, I don't really agree with that. Um, however, I do agree with not playing Mike White purely based on him having four interceptions last week. But let's just say that instead of trying to mix it up and make him feel better. Um, but to answer your question, no, I wouldn't start Joe Flacco. Um, if Mike White's in there, I wouldn't start him either. And then I already forgot the, the fresh, the, the rookie's name. I wouldn't play him either. So just keep the Jets out of there. Maybe you can play Michael Carter. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. Zach Wilson's the rookie you were thinking of there. And, and he's just not quite back to 100 uh, percent. To me, it's always funny to see these old veterans uh, that you forget are even in the league resurface and, you know, start their first matchup of the year. So good luck to you, Joe Flacco. Uh, I'm not going to be starting you in any fantasy matchup that I have this week. All right. The last fantasy relevant topic we have revolves around the Ravens. So the Ravens end up cutting Le'Veon Bell earlier this week. Uh, and in addition to that, Lamar Jackson has come down with an illness. It's non-COVID related. Um, but what hesitancies do you have in terms of the Ravens moving forward with this matchup they have against Chicago? We'll break it down a little bit later with our special guest. I'm talking about the matchup between Baltimore and Chicago. Uh, but do you like the running game more now that Le'Veon's out and there's a clear workhouse running back? Uh, and then also the aspect of Lamar potentially sitting out uh, this upcoming week. Yeah, the good news is I think uh, they basically dropped Bell because they knew Latavius Murray is coming back, which I think is a good thing. Um, do I love that Devontae Freeman is his backup? Absolutely not. For them to have so much faith in him that they did during the Miami game, shame on John. Um, I think they were they were playing down to their competition. Um, but I, with, I mean, I feel like Lamar has been um, having an illness um, every week. So if he's if he's playing, um, I'm pretty confident. However. Um, if Latavius Murray can stay healthy and Devontae Freeman, I think that's your best case scenario, but I'm fine with him cutting Bell. Yeah, I like this run game. Uh, with Le'Veon Bell out, it's one less mouth to feed in that offense. And, you know, potentially with Lamar sitting out, uh, like you said, I think he'll be back. Uh, it seems to not be a serious illness, uh, but left him out of practice on Wednesday. Uh, but if he were to sit out, I even like Latavius Murray as a start even more. Something you're going to be relying on heavily is the running game against Chicago. Um, will be interesting to see for sure. So now let's take a look at the Thursday night football game. So tonight we have 
the six and four Patriots traveling to Mercedes-Benz Arena in Atlanta, taking on the four and five Falcons. Chaz, as I do every week, give me a guess on the spread for this game. I'm going to go, I think, if Cordell Patterson is not going to play, which it looks like his ankle is feeling a little bit better, but um, it's going to be a game-time decision. If he does not not play, I will give um, the spread – point or 5.3 to the Patriots. But uh, if he does play, I'll, I'll make it a three. The spread is currently set at six and a half for the Patriots. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. The Falcons have played uh, pretty good football as of late, but like you said, it looks like Patterson uh, is most likely going to miss this game on a short timetable, a shorter week. Um, coming back from that injury makes that team very one-dimensional. Another note here, the over-under is actually uh, quite a bit lower than we've seen for most Thursday night football games, set at 47 and a half, but I still like the under in this one. The under is actually hitting the last four Thursday night football games. Um, so for all you betters out there, maybe look at taking the under in this game. Right now it's set at 47 and a half. Go ahead and give me a breakdown of one of these teams uh, and what you're looking for in tonight's matchup. Yes, I'll break down the Falcons. Um, Matt Ryan, he had a he had a little bit of a comeback game uh, two weeks ago, and then last week he looked utterly useless. So I have no faith in consistency for him. Like I said, Cordell Patterson, um, shockingly enough, spent their whole offense. If he does not play, um, you're going to be having Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman in there. Um, good luck with that. Um, it's going to be he's going to be eyeballing the um, Kyle Pitts the whole way, and. Uh, I think Bill's going to shut that down pretty quick. So I don't like the looks of this, especially if Cordell Patterson doesn't play. Yeah, without Cordell Patterson as your Swiss Army knife on offense, you're limited to Russell Gage, Olamide, Zacchaeus, Tajay Sharp, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, you become very one-dimensional in a pass-heavy team, and I think they're going to trail early on. So uh, the New England defense should feast pretty heavily against Atlanta here. And looking at the other side of the ball with New England, what do you see here? Yeah, so for New England, um, they, Damian Harris is coming back. I think he passed uh, concussion protocol, so he should be good to go, um, hopefully for Thursday night. Um, their offense has been doing well. Mac Jones has been getting better and better. Um, he's finally starting to air the ball out and go downfield with it. Um, so I think with Damian Harris back and how um, Ramajay Stevenson, he had a big-ass game last week. I think if they split touches, they'll both the, – mix it up for the defense there. And then Bill Belichick's going to do what Bill Belichick does and shut down a pretty um, subpar Atlanta team. So I, I would put um, money on this game. I don't, I'm not a gambling man, but I would easily put money on the Patriots um, to, to cover. Yeah. I think I'm with you there and seeing Mac Jones, just the the perfect spawn, if you will, is specimen of a game manager that Bill Belichick would be looking for um, has really kind of, overcome all expectations for him for his rookie year. And then, like you said, Ramondre Stevenson, I think Eric Thomas was right with his take early on in the year. Uh, too bad. Eric didn't have the balls to hang on to him drafting him 10th overall from the or 10th and 10th round uh, in the draft at the beginning of the year, uh, put up a very nice fantasy game. We'll see if that can continue with Damian Harris back in the lineup. Big D it's bigger. It's better. Oh, it's too good. It's time for Mr. Incredible. I'm a savage, classy, bougie, ratchet, sassy, moody, nasty, hacking, stupid, what's happening, what's happening, bitch, I'm a savage, classy, ladies and gentlemen, we're welcoming on to the podcast now, the savage himself, 
owner of 25 Savage, Daniel Arrow. Daniel, what's going on, brother? What is up, boys? Thanks for having me on the pod. Excited to be here. Finally got somebody with a nice level head on their shoulders, someone with respect, um, someone everyone listens up to, and it really uh, pays attention to his trades and what's going on in the, the fantasy realm. So we're glad you're here. Um, my arch enemy last year, this year, you're currently at 500, so things could swing either way. Um, but uh, how are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, not quite the years in the past, but uh, I think the starting team's looking pretty good. I think I can take down anybody, but had some struggles lately. But looking forward, I'm excited. Just need to sneak into the playoffs and then see what happens. Yeah, it's all about making the playoffs. Do you feel like, I mean, it's only one extra game, but do you feel like the, I guess, construction of this year's schedule uh, especially the, the latter half of the schedule is going to be telling of, of what teams make the playoffs? It definitely does because it gives, you know, truly who's the best team, the best shot to make in the playoffs. If there's one extra game, is one extra game to prove who's truly the best. And that's why I, you know, I was trying to preseason to get a two-week championship. I mean, last year didn't matter because Chaz smokes me both weeks, but um, – what I, like I brought up in the preseason, having an extra game to get, you know, because anybody can have a, you know, a freaking like Kyle had 220 one week. Um, and so anybody can have that game, which makes it really exciting because anybody can win. But I kind of like the idea of more more games. Surely the best teams are making it in. Yeah, I think uh, last year, especially with the um, COVID situation, it was a little weird. But this year, this year, I think. Um, like the actual NFL has had a really weird season and so has our fantasy league. Plus everyone this year, it seems like they're trying. They're actually putting effort into it minus Dave. Um, but um, it's been pretty competitive and I still think um, we'll get into it a little bit, but uh, everyone still has a chance um, after this week, maybe not so much, but I think everyone's still just at the edge of it has a chance um, to get a playoff push, but we will break that down here shortly. Trent. No, I completely agree. I think, uh, the dynamic of the league has changed over years past. I think everyone's very in tune. And um, obviously I think the three guys on this podcast right now have kind of headed that up in years past, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but uh, it kind of goes to show, I mean, Daniel's been a team that's always been right there at the top in the regular season. And then obviously finishing second, two years in a row in the playoffs. Uh, now he's sitting at 500. So, you know, we've got additional players uh, or additional owners paying an extra level of attention to everything that's going on, being more active both in the waiver wire uh, and as well as just uh, executing trades. But Daniel, you by far have led the entire league in terms of position changes, both pickups and trades. Um, what's your process going into a week by week? Are you are you trying to look weeks ahead? I know you've talked a little bit a little bit about it in the chat in terms of you always look forward to the playoff weeks, right? Those three weeks are pivotal, right. so you want to play those matchups. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I actually did that um, two years ago with you, Trent, whenever you traded me Saquon like, before the first game, and I looked out to the championship weeks, and it was like whatever, the Giants, the Jets, there's a couple just terrible de defenses, and that was the year Saquon dropped 50 in the championship game. I still ended up losing that game, um, but looking out that, you know, that far out sometimes can help. I may have been a little bit lucky there, but I do think it's important to have a strategy in mind um, as far as looking at, you know, what 
you know, defenses are going to be playing in the playoffs. And it, and it makes it easy now with ESPN that adds the, you know, it ranks the defense you're playing according to the position that your offense guy is on. So that helps. Um, as far as all the activity I've had, I think in years past, I have created, you know, some pretty good teams. A lot of the – it's not like I had these excellent drafts. I mean, the drafts have been pretty good, but a lot of it is because I make transactions and I act quickly. I make moves quickly. Um, this year, you know, I drafted Miles Sanders around four, Chase Edmonds around five, a couple of duds. I got rid of both of them pretty quick, and it helped me, I think. Um, but you get to a point where too much activity can hurt. Um, but I'm just trying to do the best I can to get the right guys on the team, get rid of my you know, excess fat quickly, and see what happens. In reality or in fantasy? Because you're under 30, 30 or whatever. What is that? Whole, whole six, you could whole say. Whole six, okay. <laughs> How's that going yeah. for you? Uh, I made it six days, you know, whole 30. But um, not good today um, because having some adverse effects as far as the digestive tract, I think it may have been exacerbated by coming off the whole six diet. So, um, yeah, don't recommend it. Um, so far, Dave's a leader. I think he made it 11 days one time. Um, but challenge, you know, anybody in the league to try and break that. I thought I could, but I thought I was a pretty persistent guy. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I think uh, Dave said he lost some weight. Um, or you could just do what me and Trent do. Trent, me, I just fast. I, I eat once a day. I eat dinner just because I don't have time. And Trent is um, Dracula. He doesn't sleep ever. So his body does just kind of just rejects everything um, before he goes to bed when he sleeps upside down. Teach their <laughs> own. Yeah, I think. Uh, so, Daniel, just to give some color on that, you have 36 moves. So both oh, trades gosh. and acquisitions compared to the rest of the league. The next highest person is Ethan with 28. And then from there, it goes down to 21. So significantly higher than a majority of the league. Uh, and it seems to be paying off. I mean, your team's kind of on the up and up. We'll see how your matchup goes this week. Coming off of a big win, um, off of rivalry week, you kind of had Kyle's number this year. I think we all have kind of had Kyle's number this year with the, uh, the unlucky season he's had. Talk to us a little bit about rivalry week. If you get fired up, if you sent Kyle any, you know, intense or competitive nature uh, text messages this week, how'd that go for you? Yeah, you know, this week I just went easy on them just because, you know, everyone kind of feels bad. I think Kyle's team full force, probably a top two, top three team. So kind of went easy on them. The first go around, I definitely gave him a lot of shit. Um, I think that helps fuel, you know, my team uh, to the victory. So I beat him, you know, fair and square the first week, I'd say. This past week, you know, I just kind of went easy on them. So um, I think I was playing a Halo with them at the time. I was um, about to beat him. And, you know, it was all no hard feelings at all. <laughs> yeah, I think rivalry week or I guess now rivalry weeks is something that we definitely want to progress and take to another level, uh, get some good feuds built up within the league. Uh, so definitely something we look to uh, expand upon in the coming years. So, so look forward to that. I could not agree more, Trent. Hmm. All right. Thanks, Dan. Let's move on in to take a look at the playoff perspective. So earlier in the podcast, we skipped over standings. Uh, now we're going to break it down pretty in depth, talk about each team, kind of the different groupings of teams that we have right now in terms of standings and the uh, playoff probability. So after each team, we're going to say the percentage probability of this team making the playoffs. So that's going to start us with this first group 
who are locked and loaded for sure. Playoff team, 100% probability. There's one team sitting there. We all know who it is. It's Will Gray's team. Okay, Will Gray is sitting at 8-2. and two. Came off of a nice win in rivalry week, beating his stepbrother Davis. Uh, he is first in points four. He has he's tied for fifth with the easiest schedule remaining. Uh-huh. He's clinched a playoff spot. A hundred percent chance that he's making the playoffs. Uh, any comments you guys have about Will Gray's team? Uh, what you like about it uh, or the position he's in? Yeah, I think uh, it was pretty much after I said that he is on a downturn and he is my player to pick or my team to pick that will have um, a downturn towards the end of the year. It was the exact opposite. And he picked it straight up and uh, to the top he went and uh, not shocking after the first few games. And that one, I knew something was going to happen when he dropped 220 one week. And if, if your team can do that once, then I, you, they're not going to drop below 120, which I don't think his team has except maybe once. Um, well, so. Kyle, Kyle did that too. And he, he dropped pretty quickly, but this is true. Kyle did have a um, some he had a two twenty week. I think Will had like a two thirty six or something crazy week. Yeah, Will's teams it's it's pretty unbeatable right now. He has not had an injury, which um, you know, luck or not has been very helpful for him. But it's going to be hard to take him down. He's going to be in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, he just traded for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's injured. Obviously, coming back from injury, adding some depth, you know, for the playoffs with that player. Uh, so I think the interesting conversation now is with Will Gray's team is can he win the regular season? And we've got a couple competitors up near the top that could overtake him. Uh, one being Chaz. Chaz, your team, you guys will face off. You and Will Gray will play in week 12. But the rest of his schedule, so this week he's playing Eric, then Chaz in week 12, then mm-hmm. Tyler's team, who I don't think we should completely discount in week 13, and Ethan in week 14. So Four decently difficult matchups. He's right in the middle there in terms of strength of schedule remaining. Uh, so we'll see if Will can pull out first overall for the regular season. Definitely. Yeah, now, I think I, it's cool that Chaz is still going to play Will because, you know, if Chaz beats him, then they're tied for the best record, assuming they win or have the same, you know, results beyond that. So it'll be interesting to see what Chaz does. That'll be a pretty pivotal game. I'm not worried about it. Um, I think – the Lexington mobs luck's going to run out here quick. He definitely paid someone off with um, to go around and beat the shins of all of Kyle's players. Um, but I'm not worried about it. We're, I'm up at the top. Playoffs are in sight. We're probably going to both get a bye week. Um, and I'm confident in my end of the year push. So I'm, I'm not worried at all. All right. And with that said, let's move on into the next grouping. This is the cusp grouping. Right on the cusp of making the playoffs. Uh there's two teams here. First, second in standings. We'll talk about Chaz's team. So, Chaz, currently you're seven and three. You're second overall in points four. Uh, and also you're tied with Will in terms of the easiest schedule remaining. So you're right there in the middle, tied for fifth, easiest schedule remaining. Um, so here's the situation. The only way you won't make the playoffs is if you lose all four of your remaining games and six teams within the league other than yours and Will's reach seven wins and five of those six teams overcome a 140 point point differential. So I like your odds. Uh, You're sitting pretty. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about your confidence and what percentage you'd give yourself in terms of making the playoffs. Well, right now I give myself a hundred percent making the playoffs and I will make a promise, put it in the books now. I'll make it to the championship game 
and then we'll see uh, how the players are feeling then. Um, but I'm 100% sure I will make it to the playoffs. I'll have a number one seed, and I'll make it to the final game of the season, and then fate is up. A couple of guys I would not want to see in, your, in the second playoff round if I were you. There's a couple sleepers out there, but everyone can be beat. We know that's true. And so I, I love to say you're, you're in the playoffs. We, know, we understand that's for sure, but – um, I wouldn't be too confident. It's not worked out for you as well as you think whenever you say these 100% probabilities. Um, recency bias, I said I'd be trimmed by 20 last week, and it's worked out so far. So, um, you know, sooner than later, we'll see. So your remaining schedule, you have Will Hickson. You're playing the Kurds this week. Then, like we said, we have the big matchup in week 12. You play Will Gray, and then you end the season versus Kyle and then Tyler. So another team that we said might be a little undervalued where he's sitting in standings, um, but not a super easy end to your season. But I think, like you said, it's really going to come down to that week 12 matchup for who's going to take the number one spot in the standings and potentially win uh, the payout of regular season champ. All right, let's move on in the next one. So third in standings is my team. So I'm sitting at six and four, one game back from Chaz, uh, third in points four, and I'm tied for second with the easiest schedule remaining. Okay, so sitting in the situation with six wins, um, potentially we could have a couple teams with six wins make the playoffs, depending on how some of these matchups go. Uh, but ideally, I'd need to win one or potentially two more games to ensure a spot in the playoffs. Uh, and then it's going to come down to point differential. Yeah, Trent, I think uh, throughout the the lifespan of your team this year, we, we've talked when we break in down teams that we haven't touched on much. What I've never you know, what do you think of your team? What, what t- tell me what you like about it, what you don't like, what you're worried about. Um, give me a little synopsis here. Sure. Yeah. I think my weakness is definitely since the draft been the running back position. Um, I think there's been a high value in running backs across all leagues, all formats uh, in fantasy this year. And so being able to acquire two, three running backs that are solid uh, gets you to the top of standings. We see that both with Will Gray's team. I mean, he has what four, potentially five top five running backs Uh, and Chaz, your team as well. I mean, you had a guy on your bench this week drop, 30 points at the running back position. Uh, So playing those matchups, but in particular, having solid running backs that get a ton of usage is important. Uh, So my running back two currently is Zach Moss. Uh, With a high-powered Buffalo team, it's not necessarily a player uh, that you want to see or that you're going to see on a lot of championship teams. Uh, So that's a position I've been trying to address in terms of trades, uh, but hasn't really broken my way. I think... My receiving core is solid. I think Tom Brady at quarterback has really uh, paid out for me well so far, Uh, but I think I have a lot of challenges to overcome. Uh, Real quick, let me just break down my remaining four games. I play Tyler this week, then Kyle, and then Eric, and then a matchup with you, Daniel, in the last week, week 14. So hopefully I can secure it before getting there, Uh, but that's the outlook for my team going forward. Yeah, I think it's interesting that – um, you have had some trades that were criticized by myself and Chaz both that looking back, you gave away some running backs, Michael Carter, Damian Harris, the backup to the Giants was useful for a while. And now you're sitting here struggling, looking for a good running back. I think it's kind of interesting, you know, obviously, you know, 2020 hindsight, whatever. But looking back, you know, how do you feel about those trades now? 
I think a part of it worked out because you also lost Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley so far. So you've needed the receivers you've gotten, but you've traded away some good running backs. Yeah, that's a great point. I think from my perspective, after getting through buys, um, I was never interested in trading Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's a guy that's locked and loaded as my running back one. And then I really have had high hopes and still do, honestly, for Javante Williams with Denver. Um, so still being able to hold him in my roster, uh, we'll see if that shakes out, but that truly hasn't panned out the way I was expecting it to. So my mindset was to sell off some of these guys like a Michael Carter uh, and Damian Harris and kind of turn those into big time position players at the wide receiver position. So I was able to acquire uh, Amari Cooper uh, as well as Stefan Diggs. So I was happy Amari with those Cooper turnarounds. Later. Yeah. Amari Cooper lately, I mean. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. But uh, no, it's you, and you've you've highly emphasized, you know, in the double flex PPR format, receivers are you know more valuable, or it's good to have more depth of that position. So you've definitely followed, you know, what you've said as your strategy in the past. So it is it has worked out for you so far. So if we can go around, um, you know, obviously sitting in the top three position, where do you guys think in terms of a percentage wise uh, of my team making the playoffs? I'll start. I think I'll give myself about a 97% chance. It'd be really difficult to see, even if I do end up losing these four games with the points for that I have, uh, unless I have a complete meltdown these last four games, I'd see a very small margin of where I don't make these playoffs. I'll put you at 99 as well. Yeah, I think you're up there. Um, I've been surprised about comes with the teams that I thought would be a little bit better than they have been. Um, so I guess my opinion is less. Lacking a bit, but uh, I think I think you're looking good. I mean, you got you got six wins. Um, it'll be hard to lose five straight, even if you just barely get in. But I, I'll give you ninety six percent chance. Ninety six. All right. Yeah, I mean, That's... I think the top three are pretty much locked up. So this is going to make the next part really interesting. And I've done a lot of research of my own about what it takes for me to get into the playoffs, and it all revolves around all right. There's three spots remaining, and so that's kind of what I've thought in my head. Um, so I think that kind of affects what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. And moving on into that next group, this is what we're considering the bubble group, you know, right there on the edge, there's three teams grouped here. Okay. So we've discussed three already. So these next three, if the playoffs were to start right now, would all be in the playoffs, but you know, with the way these last four weeks shape out, could be in, could be out. We're going to start by looking at Eric's team. Okay. Sitting at five and five, so sitting at 500, he's fourth in points four. And he has the third hardest schedule remaining. Okay. So all these teams we're about to discuss, really, they need one win, at least one win. But to really secure their spot, they're going to need to continue to keep a high points four. And two or three wins is really going to secure their spot. So Eric's team, Chaz, you've been talking about it a lot. So I'll turn the floor over to you. You like this team. You think they've been trending upwards. Uh, and it's hard to it's hard to argue with that fact, especially based off this week he just had here in week 10. Yeah. Um, I said um, going forward, he's the team to fear. I think the trade he's been making some big trades recently. Um, it seems from the chat just earlier tonight, he's wanted to make some more trades, uh, but I definitely liked the Travis Kelsey pickup. Um, I believe he traded him for Tyree kill. Is that correct? I was like a three way yeah, trade, but yeah, pretty much as much as um, I definitely rather have Travis Kelsey. Um, for that trade. However, he did have Mark Andrews, but I think his starters, um, 
look are looking pretty good. I, again, his team, like I said about um, Wills, if the start, if any of his starters get hurt, um, he might need to be picking up some slack there. But I think if everyone stays healthy or within one game, I I think um, he's looking pretty good. So I think he has a pretty good shot, maybe a seventy percent chance of making it to the playoffs. Um, however, on the other end, I don't know. I don't think I'm playing him, but he's one of the teams where I wouldn't want to be playing him towards the end of the year. Yeah, and to build off that real quick, Daniel, before I let you say your piece, let's just go into his schedule. And like we said, he has the third hardest schedule remaining in the league. He plays number one overall, Will Gray, this week. Then he plays the Cheese Curds, takes on Will Hickson in week 12. Then he plays my team in week 13, and he finishes off with Davis's Flava 2.0. Yeah, looking into that, I think it's, you know, obviously playing Will Gray is never easy. Um, same with you, Trent. So I think that the two, like, more winnable games, he could beat any of these teams, but as far as what he expects, um, as far as getting a victory, playing Will Hickson in week 12, but the problem is he's going to have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on bye and DeAndre Hopkins on bye now that I'm looking at it. And so that's not going to be an easy victory. It could come down to week 14, Eric versus Davis for the playoffs. I know they have a lot of beef, a lot of bad blood between them. You know, they're good buddies, though, but it's kind of, you know, fictional. But um, I think it's going to come down to that last week. I think he's going to be a little nervous going into it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Davis's team has been struggling. Looking at it now, Davis has – like have his team on by that week as well. So um, if seven wins can hold out, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna get there. It just depends on what everyone else does. So I think it has less to do with what he he does, more have to do with what everyone else does for Eric. So as we discussed, he's got a pretty difficult schedule remaining. So percentage wise, what kind of chance are we giving Eric for making the playoffs? Daniel, you first. I'm going to give him a 58% chance. Wow. I've uh, been confident. I think he's going to sneak in there. I'm going to give him a 70% chance. I think he's going to sneak in there at the very last spot um, of the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's really going to come down to points four. Uh, He's sitting really nice right now, sitting in fourth in points four. Uh, And just to round it out, I'm going to give him an 82% chance of making the playoffs. He's sitting fourth overall in standings now, uh, needs to win two games. I think I give him a slight edge over Will Hickson in that week 12 matchup. So I think he's going to be a playoff team. No no Hopkins, no Kelsey, no Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those are his, those are his players that get half of his points every week. So uh, that's why I put him at 58, just because I looked at his matchup. And so if he wins one game remaining, that might not get it done. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll move on in, Daniel, and talk about your team. So you're sitting right now fifth in standings. You're five and five overall, fifth in points four, and you have the easiest schedule remaining. Okay, so Mm. a lot of the same uh, analysis as Eric's team. One game at least is a minimum that you need to win. Two games is a little bit more secure, but three games is really going to lock you into playoffs. So let me just give you your remaining schedule and then let you guys break it down. So you play Ethan Brown this week. Then you play Davis next week. So the two teams at the bottom of standings. Then Will Hickson, another team sitting at five and five in week 13. And then to round out your season, you play me in week 14. 
Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, surprisingly, I'm most scared about Ethan, which is just weird to come out of my mouth. But he's got A.J. Dillon, who who knows what could happen in that game. Um, his team's shaping up pretty well. Um, I've always, I liked his team from the beginning. I, I did say he was my favorite team after the draft, and so I hope that doesn't come up to bite me here. Um, but um, he's looking pretty good. Uh, as far as the rest of my schedule, you know, I, I'm definitely going to get two wins. I'm confident. I said it – I think I said two weeks ago I'm going to win the next four games. I said a week ago, whatever, because I saw I got Kyle with a beat-up team, Ethan, who's been struggling, Davis's team, you know, it's just love the guy, but it's not his year. And against Will Hickson, he's not going to have uh, Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. And so I feel like – I feel like all those games, I have a pretty high percentage chance of winning. And then against Trent, I need a revenge game against you. I sat Zeke, and it cost me the victory against you. And so I'm going to not do that this time. And I think I – so I, I see myself making the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I uh, I, th- I don't know if uh, the questions, if we have any regarding this. Um, break down your team for me. Do, do you like your team you've picked this year? Do you think they got unlucky? Are there any trades that you've made or um... – didn't make that you regret yeah so the team I have now is uh there's only a couple players remaining from my original draft maybe three um so you know there's one questionable trade I made with Will Gray um I really did it because I was extremely confident in DJ Moore I thought he's gonna be a top five receiver the rest of the season and he has you know disappointed Sam Darnold has been tough so hopefully with Cam um things change um, I feel pretty good about my team, though. I think any given week, I can beat anybody. I'm confident of that. I think a lot of it d- depends on will my receivers step up. A lot of it's been bad quarterback play, so that's partially my fault. But I think overall, my trades have netted out a definitely a positive. Um, and I feel like I could beat anybody. Um, I'm in a different position now than I have been in the last couple of seasons, though. So we'll see what happens. But I'm very confident. I'll be in the playoffs. I'm confident I can beat any team. So um, high hopes, but I'm not going to say I have in the bag like I've said in your test. Yeah, I will say one thing. I think you're in the clear. I think you have one more week on, with somebody on your bye, and that's DJ Moore, who I think you can sit on your bench one week. But I, I think you're in the clear for bye so far So for the rest of the season. So, I mean, if, you, if your players live up to the hype, then good. Yeah, easiest schedule remaining, like we said. Um you only really need two wins to secure that spot with your high points for, I think you're sitting pretty and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Daniel, you talked about like with Chaz's team, if you get a first round by there's some teams that could shake things up come playoff time. And I think uh, your team is definitely in that category of a team that could make some noise come playoff time. For sure. Thank you. And now we'll move into the last team in this bubble category. We have Will Hickson. Sitting at five and five with the Title Town Cheese Curds, um, a little bit of disparity in terms of points for. He drops. He's eighth overall in points for. So gotten a little bit lucky with his matchups, and he has the wow. hardest schedule remaining. Oh, mm. he plays Chaz this week. Oh. Then he takes on Eric in Week Twelve. Daniel's team in Week Thirteen. And Kyle's team in week 14. I misspoke. He has the second hardest remaining schedule. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't can... seem that tough. I mean, Chaz is a pushover and the rest of them, who knows? 
Yeah, this is true. Um, I disagree with that. Second off, this week, I mean, if he doesn't lose or if he doesn't win, then, you know, shame on him. My whole team is on by. Um, my lifeblood of the organization, the Chooser organization is on by. Uh, I probably won't even pick up a defense. I might pick up a defense, but um, I don't really want to drop any of my guys. So uh, I might be giving this one to him, but I have faith in my boys for this week. We'll see. Yeah, I like the Kurds. He definitely has suffered a tough injury with Aaron Jones. That's going to make a pretty big impact. Um, you know, he's one of those teams that could get unlucky and, and not make the playoffs. He's been pretty dominant to start the year. I think me and the Kurds have had a similar path this year. Started off really hot, really cooled down. He just had a bad injury. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in or not in the playoffs. I'm leaning towards he makes it, but it's anything can happen. So if we give this a percentage of Will Hickson's team making the playoffs, he's low in points four, sitting at eighth currently. What do you guys give him in terms of percentage of making the playoffs? I'm going to give him a 69% chance. <laughs> and I didn't, I just, you know, just feels like the right number. I think that all the teams that are currently sitting at 500 are all going to end around 500 and probably be in the playoffs. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put everyone we just talked about, Don Patrol, 25 Savage, and Titletown. I think all of them, it might be mixed up where they're, they're at, but I think all three of them um, will be in the playoffs. I will give him right around Don. I'll give him maybe a 73. Yeah, you never asked me for my uh, percentage for my own team, I don't think, Trent. Well, why myself at 100%. There? 100% for Daniel. All right. We all would say 100% for Daniel. Put it in the books. <laughs> but looking at Will Hickson's team, I think he needs two wins. I think he's going to get them, but then it's going to come down to points four. And so it's really going to be telling of what teams make it to seven wins. Depends on those top three teams we talked about before. So Will Gray, Chaz, and my team, if we can win the matchups we're supposed to win, that's actually going to help out these teams that are sitting five and five because we play a lot of the teams that are lower on in the standings table. So if we can win those games, it ensures a spot that a seven-win team is for sure going to make it to the playoffs. I feel like that's going to happen. I'm going to give them about a 78% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's why I was frustrated whenever Don beat Chaz. I was happy for him, but it's also like that lowers my chances of making the playoffs now. But so I think your thinking is, is good there, but yeah. And that's going to take us into the last group, the last four teams. We're calling it the long shot. The last four teams currently, if the playoffs started, they would not be in the playoffs. And we're going to start by looking at Kyle's team. And we've talked about it at length, the unlucky season he's had. He's sitting at four and six, so still been able to accumulate four wins. He's seventh in points four, uh, which matches his standing currently. And he has the fourth hardest schedule remaining. So let me break down his remaining schedule, and let's talk about it a little bit. He's got Davis this week. Then he plays my team. Then he plays Chaz's team. And then he plays Will Hickson's Titletown Cheese Curds. Yeah, I think uh, if if everyone on his team would have stayed healthy, I'd probably be sitting at third place and him and Will uh, would probably be one and two right now. Um, but the injury bug just just kept on biting him. Um, this week he's going up against Davis. Um, I mean, he's got so many players. On, I think he has two players currently in his lineup that are on by, and he's not going to want to give up anybody on his bench because they're all studs, but they just have um, – out designations. Um, so he might be in a little bit of a limbo this week. So I don't even think he might even win this week or set up a full lineup. Um, but I mean, 
Let's see. Let's break down his bench here. He's got Chubb probably going to come back. Carson who's probably going to come back. Julio will eventually come back. Um, and a couple other guys that, that might come back who are studs, but those are the ones that um, if he doesn't win now, he's not going to get to play him anyways. So um, he might want to shuffle the cards with those fellas. Right. And you said all three of those guys you mentioned with the exception of Chubb, I guess, are sitting on IR. So they're going to be out the next two to three weeks. Uh, and he needs to win now. He needs to win really three of those games, two potentially to get into the playoffs. Uh, this weekend's matchup with Davis is going to be a toss up. And like you said, he's got two guys on by uh, from Denver. And the next week he plays Chaz in the week after or next week he plays my team in the week after he plays Chaz. So it's going to be uh, he's going to have to have an explosive week. Uh, and as of late, I mean, he's been averaging less than 100 points. So it's just been decimated by injury. He's been on a downward spiral. I see this kind of continuing on throughout the rest of the regular season. Yeah, I think this is a pivotal win. He's going to have to win this week. He has a chance against Davis. Um, he could get most of his boys back in a couple weeks. Kareem Hunt could come off IR. Chubb's going to be back. Carson will be back next week. If Antonio Brown's back next week. I mean, he can beat anybody with all those guys. And so um, – I'd say he's a he has a chance to win it. It's he's definitely playing against the odds right now, but if he gets his boys back by the time he plays against you all, you know he has a good shot. So, um, you know, no one's counted out yet, you know, as far as statistics goes. So, I'm rooting for the B team. <laughs> I'm rooting for the B team. I feel bad for him. Um, he's had a rough go around. All right, Daniel. You say you're rooting for him. What percentage chance do you give him of making the playoffs? Probably 45. Braver man than me. I'm going to give him 33.33. You guys are both braver than me. Uh, I think that Kyle's team, unfortunately, the downward trend, seventh in points for uh, all the players that are injured, I'm going to give him about an 18% chance of making the playoffs. A lot of stuff has to fall his way, and I think it's ultimately going to be out of his hands, relying on some other matchups, uh, and that's not a position you want to be in. Yeah, 45 is probably high, but that's my boy, so I'm going to keep it. All right, let's move on into the next team in terms of the long shots. Sitting at eighth overall in standings, we have Ethan Brown's team. He's four and six, so the same record as Kyle. He's ninth, so second to last overall in points four. But he has he's tied for second with the easiest schedule remaining. So let me break down that schedule for you guys. He's playing Daniel this week. Then he plays Tyler in week 12, Davis in week 13. So, again, playing the bottom two teams in terms of standings. And then he plays the number one overall team, Will Gray, in week 14. Hopefully he's not relying on that for a win. Uh, what do you guys think about Ethan in the position he's in currently? Floor is your like team. Ethan's team, I mean, I honestly looking at – whenever I was looking at these teams earlier in the day, I'm giving Ethan a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. I mean, he could easily beat me this week. All of a sudden, we're tied at five and six. The door is going to be wide open at that point. I think he has a good team. As you said, um, his remaining schedule is one of the easier ones. The tough part is his points four is against him. So he's going to have to – He can't. I don't think he can be tied with anyone and make a playoff still. So he's going to have to win – yeah, he's going to win three games. Um, I definitely think he can do it. I like his team still. He's got some good boys back that were injured, so – um, I, I've got some uh, pretty high hopes for, for Ethan, but, you know, it, it's got definitely a long shot, but I think he can do it knowing Ethan Brown and that boy pulls it out. 
Yeah, I um, I don't see him winning two or three out of his next four matchups. I think he's going to lose to you this weekend and easily lose to Will. And his points for are second lowest, correct, Trent? I think I saw that correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Second lowest. So if it comes to a tiebreaker, he's not going to make it in there. Um, I think he's going to win two, maybe lose two, and he'll just be below the cusp um, for playoffs. So I'm going to give him, I'll give him a little bit above Kyle. I'm going to give him a 34 percent chance to make it to the playoffs. But I did like his team. I just think um, the players he picked were a few big name guys, but they just didn't show out. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to – I think that Ethan's my dark horse. I see him making the playoffs. I'm going to – I do need to readjust Kyle's rating. That was way too high. But I'm going to I'm gonna give Ethan like a 42% chance. I think we're all in the same mindset here. I'm going to rank him a little bit higher in terms of percentage of making the playoffs over Kyle's team. I'm going to give him about a 23% chance. Like we said, he's tied or he's ninth overall in points four, um, which could come to bite him in the butt. Uh, He really needs to win three games. So either an upset this weekend against Daniel or somehow pulling off a miraculous upset uh, in the final week of the regular season against Will Gray. Uh, so kind of an outside looking in in terms of the playoffs for Ethan, but anything could happen and we might have just given him the playoff jinx he needs to make the playoffs. And that moves us into the bottom two teams. Both are sitting at three and seven. We'll start with Tyler's team sitting ninth overall in standings, but he's six in points four. He has the hardest schedule remaining. Uh, it's going to be an interesting combination. We like Tyler's team a lot. Unfortunately, though, He ends the season playing my team this week, Ethan in week 12, Will Gray, the number one overall team in week 13, and then number two overall team, Chaz, to end his regular season. A really, really tough schedule to end the year, uh, and he needs pretty much all those games to be wins. Yeah, I like Tyler's team a lot. Um, I think if he had any other remaining schedule, I, I would pick him to be in the playoffs. But playing the top three teams, that is just tough, my man. I mean, he's got a superstar, you know, studded, you know, um, team here. So he could pull up some upsets, but to win three games against the top three teams, that's going to be very difficult. So it's maybe not his year. Yeah, I think he's taking a little – he has a little bit of deja vu from last year. At the beginning of the season when we just had the default – schedule set up he was already complaining about it being tough Trent told him basically that that wasn't the real one and then he put the actual one on there and he still had a tough season <laughs> um obviously he didn't have the I don't know what his points for were last year where he was he was smoking everybody um but just didn't win anything I think uh this year he did pretty well um he was the one him and Will um sorry both well not sorry Will I guess you're welcome sorry to Tyler I was talking him up he was my my shooting star that was going to go to the moon and that just didn't work out um, for him. Playoff percentage. Um, the bottom teams there, it's kind of, they have, well, he's got a tough matchup. I think he might win one. Best case scenario, he'll win two, finish um, the rest of the season two and two wins, and he'll sit there at the bottom. So I'll give him like a 10% chance to win, um, but I just don't see him winning more than um, two games for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm going to give him about 13% chance. 
Yeah, he's he's getting Kyler Murray back this week. He's also getting Saquon back this week. So his team is starting to take form at the right time. Uh, so there's an outside chance he could make it in, but tough, tough schedule coming up. And Chaz, you mentioned it a minute ago, talking about deja vu. Uh, Tyler's kind of been gypped in terms of this league. If you guys remember, I think it was two years ago, uh, we had set up the league uh, <laughs> settings to be based on conferences. Right. We had the North and the South. The North. Uh, the North was way, way, way more dominant than the South. Tyler's team should have been in the playoffs, but due to the league settings, we had three teams from each uh, conference or division, whatever it was, make the playoffs. And Tyler, pretty much better than every team in the South, was left out of the playoffs. Uh, again, I think he's got a really solid team. I think he's going to be on the outside of the playoffs. I give him about an 8% chance to make this year's playoffs and that's going to leave us down to the bottom team in standings potentially a toilet bowl candidate we've got davis's team also sitting at three and seven just like tyler uh last in points for sitting in 10th but he has the fourth easiest remaining schedule so kind of right there in the middle of the pack uh his remaining games he plays kyle this week daniel in week 12 Ethan in week 13 and then Eric to round out his season in week 14. Yeah. You know, I think all those teams in the bottom are beatable, but looking at Davis's roster, I'm not sure there's a single player on his team. I would start on my team, maybe one. Um, And he knows that he's had a tough year. Um, He already has a championship. So he's, he's still sitting, you know, pretty with that, but, He's, he's just not going to be in the playoffs. There's there's no way. He's going to have to win four games with a pretty bad lineup. Love the guy, but not going to happen. Yeah, I think Dave's only goal that personally, if I was in his shoes, he should just be a dream breaker. Do, do what he can to just, if anything, uh, build back his reputation a little bit. Maybe, maybe not really do anything for himself and more so just try to tear others around him down. Um, that's how I would live my philosophy if I would knew I was going to lose um, going towards the end of the season. I think uh, what really happened, he did the old, he had a test. He, he read the spark notes before class. I mean, the best you can get with that is a C. Um, he, he, he listened to a few podcasts before the season started, didn't do any deep dives. And look where it got him. You know, he, he, had, he apparently he was making people food before the draft. And then he just drafted a pretty <laughs> subpar team um, to start out with. Uh, me, on the other hand, I am a big proponent of, um, doing your research and drafting your, your team, how you want to see it in the future. Um, I think I've only had a few, I think I had a couple of trades and I do some waivers, but I'm, I mostly like to build granted. It's a little luck. I like to build my team around my draft and Davis did the opposite of that. Um, and it didn't work out so hot for him. So, um, I have nothing to say for him. No, no sympathy. Yeah. It's the, it's the big board. I mean, just struck against it. You got, you guys weren't there or yeah, Trent, you were there. Um, Davis was so focused on putting everyone's draft picks on this big board to show the draft. It was kind of cool. And he'd get up to his pick and he'd have like 10 seconds left to make a pick. And he was get, He was really frantic, really nervous. Um, I think he was picked 10. And I think that whenever it got to him, the nine guys in front of him were all the ones he was targeting. And so right at pick 10, he, was, he had no idea what to do. Um, so a bad start to the year, I think he's going to learn, take a lot away from that big board. And it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen again. I think the, uh, philosophy of the big board is the fact that everyone's there and you don't have time to picks, but you know, I don't know much. So 
Hopefully it's something that gets sorted out for next year's draft. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I think he's just got too much of a disparity in terms of points for even if he is able to sneak out three wins, uh, he'll be sitting at six and eight, which could potentially make the playoffs. But he would need to put forth quite a, quite a few points um, to make up that differential. I'm going to give him about a 5% chance, and that might be even being a little bit too generous to make the playoffs. Uh, much higher percentage of him taking place in the toilet bowl. I'm going to give Davis a 1% chance. Very nice. I'm going to go right in the middle. I'm going to give him a 3.3 um, line above it. That means it goes infinity. Isn't that what it is? Math, boys? No? Okay. Yeah. And More then yeah. – uh, while we're here, uh, just to give everybody a little breakdown, and I need a refresher as well, for the Toilet Bowl, is it the first matchup after the playoffs, the bottom two teams, is just whoever loses that one, or do they go till the – I guess that wouldn't make sense, would it? Just, just, just break it down. Yeah, just the first matchup, uh, week one of the playoffs, the 9 and 10 team will square off against each other, uh, and that is the Toilet Bowl. And the loser of that is dubbed the – Dirty 30 champ, uh, and have a fun few months to look forward to. If I'm Davis, I'm praying that Tyler does not end up at number nine because it's not going to look pretty. He's got a better shot against some other guys. I'm almost more excited to see that matchup than I am the actual winner this year. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right, and that gets us through all teams. So you know what time it is. It's time to put Daniel on the hot seat. Oh, hot, 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 hot. All right, Daniel, we have asked around and we've gathered some questions for you. Uh, you have not been prepped on any of these questions, so it's just going to be a natural response. Uh, so feel free to take this however you will. So I'll start with a little softball question. Uh, you crossed me as a little bit of a podcast guy yourself. So give us some feedback, some critiques on our podcast. What's some stuff you like about it? What's some stuff you think we can do better? Uh, just help us propel this podcast to really reach you guys as a fantasy football league in the best way we can. Yeah, I think what you're doing well, your intros, your outros are spot on, pretty hilarious usually. Getting the uh, league involved really helps with uh, viewership or listenership, whatever you want to call it. Um, um, so I think you're doing those things well. Um, I think increasing, you've done some trivia, y'all did the this or that. Uh, I think having a, a few more of those games to where it's not, you know, it's trivia every week or this or that every week. Um, it's kind of, I think that's kind of cool to, you know, involve some more games. So someone has something new to look forward to every week. I like it. Maybe we need to get some, uh, some, some few people in here for our, our two German listeners and our single um, Philippines listener. Um, we can bring mm -hmm. them on as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun to mix things up. It's hard to really plan too far ahead. I know Chaz and I are kind of day of the podcast releases, making a lot of plans for what we're going to do. So sometimes it's some last minute planning. But I think, yeah, the trivia in particular is one that a lot of people have said they like. Uh, and we're going to be bringing that back. So after this segment, we'll do a little bit of trivia. Uh, should be some should be fun. All right. And then that seems to, I think we're going to have it. We have a theme with some of our questions. My question is. Um, similar, similar to the one I had last week. Um, do you like the idea of a 12 team league and, or do you like the idea of a 10 team league better? And if there was someone you would like to replace in our league, um, who would it be and why? You know, I think after hearing that question last week and hearing our boy, Joey, 
join the pod, that just solidifies the answer. We're, we have to expand. We have to include our boy. The fact that he's listening to all of these podcasts, he's getting involved. He clearly is going to put the time in. He's going to be a lot more motivated to um, set his lineup every week, to be really involved. So if it takes going to a 12-team league, I like 10-team leagues. They're more fun because you score more points. But in the end, this is about camaraderie. This is about keeping up with your buddies. So if, if that's what it takes to get Joe in the league, I think we should do it. Um, if I were to remove somebody, that is tough. Going to hurt someone's feelings there. Well, oh, I guess you, uh, you you can pick or if you can leave it at what you were um, and just say you would rather have 12 team. Yeah, no, I'm going to leave it. We're not going to kick anybody out. Let's 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 go to 12 team league um, that if that's what it takes to get Joey in. Yeah, I can't echo that enough. I had a great weekend spending time with Joey and we talked a lot about a lot about the podcast uh, and just football in general. So I think he'd be a great addition to this team. I know. Uh, it was tough kicking them out, but uh, this is definitely a league that camaraderie is kind of the main focal point, especially as some of us you know, are moving out of different cities. Uh, just any way to stay closer, I think, is pivotal for what makes fantasy football so exciting for all of us. Let's get some hot questions. Come on. All right. It's going to pick <laughs> up here. All right. We got this next question coming from Will Hickson. Who is the guy in the league that can get under your skin the most? Ooh, let me see. That's that's hard to do. I, I will say it's hard to do. Um, I mean, I would have to say my best buddy, Dave, just because not that he, you know, wants to get under my skin. It's just we are so similar and we have so many similar attributes that we naturally fight. Um, love him to death. But um, we definitely get under each other's skins because we have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. Um, so, you know, it's 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 not like it's anything he's doing as much as it's what I'm doing as well. I like it. This one comes from Tyler. I'm assuming he means um, I'll read the fair question first. Rank your past fantasy teams from your time in this league. I'm assuming he's meaning one to three. Yep. So two super teams in the in the past years. It's hard to choose. Obviously, this year is my worst fantasy team. Um, but ranking them, boy, that's tough. Last year, if my team was fully healthy, I'd have to say that is my best team I've had ever. But I never had McCaffrey, um, lost Michael Thomas, some guys like that. So I'd say last year and then the year before and then this year. But, you know, for some reason, both my teams just shit the bed in the championship both times I was there. So, you know, maybe this is the year. Yeah, I will say one thing. I when we Halfway through the season, I looked back. If you would have had your team last year, this year, you would have had the best team. I think uh, you had Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey. You picked up Justin Jefferson before he got hot, right? No, I didn't have Justin Jefferson. I, could, I mean, I had, I had McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Austin Eckler, DeAndre yep. Swift. Mm-hmm. My RB5 was Cam Akers, who right. got hurt. I had Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley when he was good, Kelsey, Josh Allen. So, I mean, it was it was okay. Pretty good squad, yeah. All right, Tyler also asks, go around the league, give a superlative uh, or a one-word description of each team in the league. So I think it's going to work better if we do a little, uh, like, word association. So I'll give you a team, and you just give me – one word or a phrase 
that you think of when you think of this team. All right. Sound good? (laughs) We'll go top to bottom. All right. Just word association. First thing that pops in your mind. Okay. Will Gray. Beast. Chaz Daly. Consistent. Trent Earps. Surprising. (laughs) Uh, Eric Thomas. Poor management. (laughs) Will Hickson. Cheesy. Kyle Martins. Unfortunate. Ethan Brown. Entertaining. Tyler Jasper. Unlucky. And Davis Church. My fucking boy. (laughs) All right. This one comes from Kyle. How does it feel not being a lead at the new Halo? Nor here nor there, I guess. Mm, gosh, that one cut deep. Jeez, Kyle. Um, yeah, it, I'm going to need some practice. It, it hurts, honestly. Take a lot of pride in my God-given Halo abilities. Um, so I will be on top again. It's just going to take some practice, that's for sure. All right, and this one comes from Eric Thomas. Daniel, I call your team 25 average. Because last year, all of your players typically averaged 25 points each. This has not been the case this year. What are your plans moving forward to make the playoffs? I think I just need to stick to my guns. I've made the most moves of anybody. I've not had any significant pickups off the waiver, which I usually do. So I'm just going to stick it out. I'm always looking to trade, but I I can't get – much value out of the players I have at this point. I have nobody on my bench to start, so I can't do any two-for-ones. So I just got to believe in my boys. You know, in years past, I've been running back heavy until Trent, you know, kind of convinced me that in a PPR format, receivers have a higher ceiling, have a higher chance of making an upset or making, you know, scoring a lot of points. And so I've got the four receivers for the first time in my fantasy career. So I'm going to stick in, I'm gonna stick to my guns um been underperforming lately um some of these guys dj Moore, scary terry so i'm just gonna ride it out i think i think i got the team i think i got the formula just gotta just gotta let it ride and stop making trades yeah there are still time this one comes from tyler does sarah know about 25 savage and does she know we know (laughs) yes (laughs) yes she does um you know, first time honeymoon, I mean, you can't blame us at all. This is true. You had semen backed up there for how many years? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how long it was backed up for. <laughs> oh, this is true. And the last question, we've got a bonus question from Eric. Uh, there are some skeptics in the league who think that orange rival digital polos are ugly. <laughs> if I gave you one, would you wear it? Yes. I mean – Clearly, the disrespect from Davis to lose the shirt after the gift, I mean, that is that is just, you know, that's not your boy. I will rep that thing. I'll wear it to work. I'll send you a selfie. So um, I, I trust my guy. I'm excited for what he's doing with his business, taking a, you know, it's, it's tough starting a business. I know myself. And so I'm going to rep my guy for sure. Love to hear that, but Daniel, I think you misheard the question. It's orange, orange rival digital. Come on now. Are you an orange guy yeah. or no? 
Um, you know, the Bears have orange, and so we've got there that nasty go. orange orange away jersey or whatever. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Speaking of new business, he's got to be cutting corners. There's no way that's 100% cotton. I refuse to believe. And if I got a half polyester, half cotton, I don't know if I'd be wearing it. Outside <laughs> of uh, Halloween, I guess. I'm not sure you're getting one, though, Jazz. This is true. <laughs> I get my, well, I'll probably find one eventually. I get most of my clothes from Goodwill, so. <laughs> Another question for you, Daniel. Uh, this weekend, Chicago's going up against Baltimore. We got a lot of Baltimore fans in the league. We got a lot of Chicago fans in the league. Uh, you're looking forward to that game. What do you think uh, the chances of Chicago pulling out a victory there are? I mean, did you see that last game? Those boys mm-hmm. are looking good. Oh, I saw I mean, it. I was there. What? No, I'm talking about the Bears. Oh. But that's Okay. Um, no, the, the Bears are looking great. Justin Fields is starting to figure it out. We start, I mean, we know he's a good deep ball thrower. He's finally was connecting on some of those passes. I think he's obviously the key uh, for what they did. You know, they played against the refs last game, but um, that's all right. I, I would say I think they're going to get the upset. I'm pretty confident. I'm giving them like a 68% chance of winning. I, sh- I was almost going to go to that game. But I'm actually going to the Cardinals game in two weeks after Sunday. So that one might be a different story. Um, but it, super excited for the Bears, for the future of the organization. Um, super happy that I've kind of developed this team of mine because, you know, fantasy football got me into the NFL. And choosing a team really elevates it to the next level as far as how much enjoyment I get out of it. So um, go, go to Bears. So you're picking the Bears. Sorry for the uh, misinterpretation. I was at the Ravens game, and they played god-fucking-awful. So the Bears play like they did last week, and the Ravens play like they did. Um, I think you're in for a fun Sunday. I hope Marquise Brown goes off, but other than that, they can lose by a lot. Just blitz. I'm sure Matt Nagy's fucking doesn't know what that means. but. <laughs> and that brings us into a highly requested segment. We're back with – Trivia. This week we've got three rounds of trivia. Uh, each round we're going to go easy, medium, hard. Okay, Daniel's going to go first each round. Uh, if you get the question wrong, the opponent has a chance to steal. I'll be keeping track of score. So we're going to start with question one going to Daniel Arrow. Question one What NFL quarterback? has the highest completion percentage through 10 weeks with a minimum of 100 attempts. I'm going Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is incorrect. Buzz in, Mac Jones. Mac Jones also incorrect. The correct answer is Kyler Murray at 72.7% completion rate. Uh, he's automatic in the red zone. I think he's only missed two passes in the red zone this year so far. Question number two, Chaz, this goes to you. Two players have double-digit rushing touchdowns on this year. Name one of them. Oh, boy. Um, double-digit rushing touchdowns. This is hard on the spot. Um, Najee Harris. That is incorrect. Daniel, can you name one of the two players that has double-digit rushing touchdowns on the year? James Conner. James Conner is correct. 
Nice. Daniel gets one point, and the other one, Chaz, you got it. It's Derrick Henry. James Conner has 11 touchdowns on the year. Derrick Henry has 10. One point for Daniel. I was going to say Daniel. Henry, but I thought it was nine. One point for Daniel, zero for Chaz. Let's Ooh. move on to round two. Daniel, this question's for you. Two players who were week one starters lead the NFL with 11 interceptions. Name one of those two quarterbacks. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is correct. Patrick Mahomes. Oh. The other quarterback is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Cincinnati. Both have 11 interceptions on the year. We're sitting two Daniel, Chaz zero. Chaz, this question's for you. Two NFL wide receivers averaged nine plus yards after reception. You can do Debo name one. Inefficiently without cutting corners or sacrificing. Debo players. Samuel. Debo Samuel is correct. Very good. Cooper they just Cup. showed that like yesterday. And Cooper <laughs> Cup's number two. That is incorrect. Jamar Chase. Also incorrect. Any other guesses? Daniel? Daniel. Oh, um, Not for points, just to guess. Just to guess, I'm going to go. Justin Jefferson? I have no idea. No. The correct answer is Rondell right. Moore, Trinity Boy, averages 9.2 yards after the catch. Wow. Wild. Score is Daniel 2, Chaz 1. We move into the third and final round. These are a little bit more difficult. Both have to do with the 2021 NFL Draft. So we're talking about rookies here. All right. Daniel, this question's for you. Four 2021 first-round wide receivers average double-digit fantasy points. Okay. Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith are two of them. Can you name one of the other two? That was going to be my pick. Those are the two I knew. Jeez. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I can steal. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is correct. Jazz, mm, you even up the score. It's now is it Elijah Moore, the other one? The other one is Rashad Bateman. Oh, he shit. only played four games, but averages 10.5 fantasy points. Jalen Waddle averages 13.2. Jamar Chase leads all rookie receivers, averaging over 18 fantasy points a game in our league format. Jeez. All right, the final question, Chaz. This one's for you. Oh, boy. Again, we're talking rookies here. Five quarterbacks were taken in the first oh, round of the on. 2021 NFL Draft. There are only two of them who have a positive touchdown-to-interception ratio. Name both of them. Okay, Mac Jones is one. That's correct. And um, Jalen Hurts is two. Jalen Hurts was a rookie last he's a, he's a, he's year. He's oh, shit. Incorrect. Daniel, chance to steal and win the game. I'm going to say, you're going to think I'm crazy, but Trey Lance. I was going to say that too. That's correct. Let's go. Daniel wins well, the trivia. Three to he, we both got one point, though. That so was we tied. impressive. Yeah, well, oh, the way shoot, I we worded tie, the question, yeah. you have to get both of them. Ooh, but good got, job all around. One. Chaz, we're tailoring We're not this all winners, guess. Chaz. Well done. Well done, Daniel. That wraps up trivia. Yep. Mac Jones has 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Trey Lance has three touchdowns and one interception. The rest of the rookies uh, not doing so hot in terms of their touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, what is uh, 
What's his face? Jets quarterback. He's got like seven to two. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but yeah, him, Trevor Lawrence as well is not doing so hot. Uh, and then your guy with Chicago Fields also has a yeah, negative Yeah, he's not throwing a ratio. lot of touchdowns. Not so great, yeah. Sorry to beat you down, Chaz, just like I beat you down in week one. It's okay. But, I'm, not, um, I'm not good on the spot trivia. Maybe maybe we'll meet again in the playoffs and you can uh, try and beat me then because it's not going very well this year for you. I know. How about we do uh, – I'm pretty good at Harry Potter trivia. That's about all I got in the, the bucket there. You gotta do. You gotta do Tyler Jasper versus Chaz and Harry Potter because he has listened to the audiobooks like ten times all the way through or something crazy. So y'all should go ahead and head. I've never watched all the Harry Potters all the way through. I'll just go ahead and do that. That's that's bad. But Daniel, we went to Cal. We weren't allowed to read Harry Potter books through middle school. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> well, they weren't in the library at least. They were in the light. That's okay. You weren't allowed um, to watch cartoons. Couldn't eat meat on Tuesdays, was it? Look, it's a different world, all right? At least we got Chick-fil-A or pizza on Fridays. So yeah, it all evens out in the we, end. We used to have Arby's, you know, back in the day. But, hey, thanks for having me on, boys, though. This is a lot of fun. Dan, thanks for coming on, man. Any last words before we let you go? Um, all I got to say is to Will, to Chaz, to Trent. I know you're feeling good. You're sitting pretty on top of the, of the standings, but I am coming just like Cam. I'm back. I was up for self. I was up for sale, but I couldn't tell. God made it rain. The devil made it hell. Dropped out of school, but I'm the one at Yale. And that brings us in to Chaz. You're in my favorite segment of the podcast. We're going to do the game previews, break down each of these matchups in a pivotal week 11. Um, But first, let's take a look back and revisit week 10. Chaz, you know, in week nine, you went 4-0. Last week, you went 4-0 again. Good job, brother. Uh, I went 2-2. So that that brings our season-long commissioner records to... For Chaz, 24 and 16, 60% with your picks. Uh, And I'm sitting at 18 and 22, 45% with my picks. Uh, The special bonus picks, you're now sitting at two and two because you picked me to win last week and I lost. And I'm sitting at one and three because I also picked me to win last week. So not so hot on those special bonus picks. We're not going to have one for this week. Maybe we'll bring it back during Thanksgiving week. But let's break on down into matchup number one. We have the Lexington Mob sitting atop the standings at eight and two, going up against a team trending up and Don Patrol, Eric Thomas's team, sitting at five and five. Uh, we talked about it a little bit ago with Daniel, uh, what these teams need to do to make the playoffs. The Mob has secured uh, their spot in the playoffs. Tell me a little bit about this matchup. Yeah, no shocker here. I'm going to definitely go with the Lexington mob here. I think it will be closer than some people believe. Um, Right now, between the two teams, Don's fighting for a playoff spot. The Lexington mob is fighting for regular season dominance. Um, So this is actually a pretty big matchup. If you look at it, um, again, Don's my team that I've picked to be um, a one to be scared of for the playoffs. Um, So this might be a little prequel to um, what's here to come. Um, but going up into this matchup, uh, in terms of Lexington Mob, Justin Herbert hasn't been playing great the last few weeks, but he's done enough um, for his team. 
two studs on their team, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. They do what they can regardless of quarterback play. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Jonathan Taylor has been his um, number one on this team. I think John and Jonathan's carried him for a lot, a couple weeks um, to victory. I think going up against Buffalo this week, however, will be his ultimate challenge. Um, so uh, one player I'm looking forward to is Jonathan Taylor and the rest will fall into place. Um, Don Patrol, again, one matchup I'm curious to see. Um, Patrick Mahomes going up against Dallas. You said it in the chat. You're most excited probably for that matchup out of the three you put in there. Just two powerhouse offenses going at it. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, we'll see how they do. And then between the two, you got Tyree Kill on the other side. We had this come up a couple weeks ago. Tyree Kill versus Patty Ice and Travis Kelsey. This will be an exciting one. Yeah, I think um, the mob, Lexington Mob's team, they've uh, he's continued to field a strong lineup. Uh, he shored up depth uh, for the impending playoffs that he's put himself in by acquiring Clyde Edwards a layer. Um, the only really pause I'd have this week for his starting lineup would be at the tight end position with Kyle Pitts. We talked about in the Thursday night preview how um, this Atlanta Falcons team becomes one dimensional without Cordero Patterson in uh, and New England can really feast off of that in terms of a game plan, shutting down a big target like Kyle Pitts. Um, but regardless, he's got seven other players in his starting lineup that could easily uh, cover that for a potential down week with Pitts. And then Don, we've got the Don Patrol on a three game win streak, standing strong. Uh, the Kansas City offense seemed to show signs of life last week. Um, but can Eric really get enough production from the rest of his starters? Uh, one sneaky play to kind of keep your eye on is Robbie Anderson. We know that he's had a down year for the most part, um, but obviously he's got a strong relationship with Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton taking over as the starter. We know he eyes him a lot in the red zone, and he's a deep ball threat, so we'll see if we can get a little bit of that back if Cam's got enough strength to muster up those deep throws. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, I kind of agree with you. I think it's going to be a closer it's going to be a closer matchup than we're anticipating, but I'm going to give the win this week uh, to the mob. And that's going to take us into matchup number two, which features my team, Viva La Tejas, sitting at six and four versus the Jasper Wildcats sitting at three and seven. A lot of tough luck. And now uh, Tyler is going to be entering uh, a very difficult end to his season. Yeah. So for this one, um... We've been friends before, obviously not last week. Um, again, I said it when we were talking with Daniel. I wasn't surprised. I knew I was going to beat you. Um, I was a little disappointed in the effort you put up. Um, one fun fact about Rivalry Week last week, um, you were the only team of the losing teams who put up more than 100 points. So yeah, last week was a pretty pretty lopsided affair. Yeah, I pretty much easily took you down. Um, your boys didn't live up to par. Um, I believe Tom Brady and Chris Godwin we're on by last week. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you were kind of working with some scraps there. So it's understandable. Um, you got your boys back this week though. Um, I am going to pick you to win based on Jasper's lineup, less about your lineup, more about his um, Tom's back. Chris has been dealing with some injuries. Um, and then some of your players here, Alvin Kamara has been dealing with an injury. He's coming back. We'll see um, what he does. Um, I'm really curious to see how Steven or Stefan Diggs, that's my really player I'm looking for on your squad. Um, it kind of looked like him and um, Josh were back on on track. So I'm curious to see if he has another big week. And if he does, I think it can be consistent. But if he doesn't, um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think you might be just downplaying Tyler's lineup a little bit. I think top to bottom, Tyler looks to have 
a playoff ready team. Um, several of his players potentially returning from injury with both Kyler and Saquon. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler's team just doesn't have the record to back that up currently. Uh, nonetheless, I think that, you know, regardless of how Tyler ends his season, I think he can shake up the standings in terms of playing these teams that are kind of right on that cusp or, or on the bubble of making it to the playoffs. He can really kind of sink some ships in terms of the fantasy uh, dynamic of the league. Um, Chaz, you said you got me in this one. I'm not going to make a pick, but Tyler's team is definitely going to put up a fun, entertaining matchup for this week 11. Yep. It's interesting as you're doubting yourself. Um, I might doubt you as well a little bit, but um, I'm going to stick with what my guns say. All right. And that takes us into matchup number three. We have Flava 2.0 Davis's team currently sitting at the bottom of standing, sitting at three and seven versus the B team sitting at four and six. I mean, we don't have to hit this too much harder. We know Kyle's uh, team has been struck by a lot of injury, but just to break that down a little bit, uh, if you look at Kyle's team, if you go back to the draft, okay, his first round pick, he took Eckler uh, pretty quickly traded that for Derrick Henry. So let's assume Derrick Henry's his first rounder. Okay. His first rounder, his second rounder, his fourth rounder, his fifth rounder, and his sixth rounder are all out with injury. And a majority of them are on IR currently. What are you supposed to do to field the team uh, with that many injuries taking place? Yeah, I will say one thing. I don't know if it's just bad luck or bad karma. I think, uh, Kyle, you might want to check um, your previous sins this year. Um, just make sure you're doing your own thing. You know, pray every night, um, pick up after yourself, things like that. Uh, maybe your team will do a little better. Um, but I think um, everyone's saying it. It's uh, It's been around the league. This is the um, predictable, toilable matchup, in my opinion. I think there might be one option in there. Um, that's not between these two that could be possible for the toilet bowl, but these are really two of my toilet bowl contenders um, for the end of the season. Breaking down this matchup though, um, take a look at Davis's team. Um, I think honestly the best player he's had here, which going into the season, a lot of people wouldn't have suggested this, but I think Jalen Hurts has been his best player um, all mm-hmm. year. He's put up, I think above 20 points um, every matchup he's had. Um, one of those things where what's on the field doesn't necessarily um, convey what's going on in the fantasy realm. Uh, but with, with him there, David Montgomery coming back this week, I, I believe not. This is second week back, so he should be good to go. And then a few other guys um, on his lineup that I think could have big weeks. And then one shocking revelation that I just realized is he has Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if that's been a recent starter, if he's had him in a couple weeks. I don't think he's done very much for him. Um, so uh, I think everyone might have pretty good numbers. And then I'm curious to see how Brandon does. Yeah, I think uh, Davis has inserted Brandon. I, you can do his lineup with Odell on by, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. So um, kind of a boomer bust type guy. He's had a couple serviceable games, but he, like you said, he's had a lot of games where he's really busted and not been a fantasy asset at all. Uh, on the other side of the ball with Kyle's team, Um, One player that I'm really interested to see and I think could take a step forward in terms of fantasy production is a big name, and that's Adrian Peterson. This matchup with Houston, um, with Julio Jones going out, I think that they're going to be a dominant force regardless of who's playing. Uh, And I think that they're going to give a lot of touches to their lead back. And in my perspective, that's going to be Adrian Peterson. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 20 plus carries this game um, and in fantasy, all you're looking for is, is touches, right? You chase the touches to get points. Um, Adrian Peterson's that guy. So I would be expecting a decent size week from him. And I'm actually going to pick Kyle Martins to win this matchup uh, over Flava 
Yeah, that'll be nice. Um, I think we can, he's working with um, have capacity here. I might think you might change that vote um, once he takes his two players that are currently in his lineup out and see what he does off the waiver wire um, because he's not looking like there's too many options on his bench left besides Tyler Boyd and maybe Nick Chubb. And so moving down into matchup number four, we have your team, Chaz. I'm a chooch sitting second overall standings at seven and three versus the Titletown Cheese Curds, Will Hickson's team, sitting at five and five. Uh, we talked about it before, but these five and five teams, it's really time for them uh, to secure a couple victories in these last few weeks of the regular season to secure a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, so um, it, was, it, was, it was bound to happen. It was going to happen once. My uh, star-studded lineup was going to be devastated by bye weeks. Um, my whole offense um, is pretty much on bye. My RB1 currently without Christian McCaffrey this year, my RB1 on my team, Daryl Henderson, and then my tight end, um, Tyler Higby, have all been out um, with bye week. Along with my defense, we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm not as fully confident as I was last week, but I will say I will beat um, – Titletown cheese curds by at least five. You can put it in the books. Yeah. I like your lineup. You've been able to kind of uh, work in some pretty serviceable players. I know you, last week you started Pat Fryermuth at tight end over Higby um, had some unfortunate drops in a late fumble in that tie between mm -hmm. Pittsburgh and Detroit. Um, but regardless, I think Pat Fryermuth is a great bi-week filler uh, in your tight end position. Uh, hopefully he gets some better weather and can kind of have a more productive fantasy day. Uh, but outside of that, like you said, you're filling in your quote unquote running back one uh, with Daryl Williams, Kansas city's running back with a layer out, obviously had a huge week last week sitting on your bench um, would look for him to do something similar against Dallas. That's going to be a big shootout in the Sunday afternoon game. Um, but regardless, I think you have a very strong team despite the bipocalypse in your own words uh, or in your own might with uh, the LA Rams, which you've accumulated quite a few of those guys uh, sitting on by and not being able to put up anything fantasy wise this week. And on the other side of the ball, we have the title town cheese curds. Um, like you're heavily hedged on the Rams. This team's heavily hedged on green Bay. Uh, I think they've got a lot of firepower in terms of Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams, a nice stack there. Uh, so we should see a pretty competitive game across the board for this one. Um, I like both of these teams a lot, and I'm going to give the slight edge here to I'm a chooch. Chaz, I'm riding with you this week. Don't let me down. Good choice. And I will say one more thing. Um, I can never be confident going up against Aaron Rodgers, but I am kind of glad I don't have to play Matthew Stafford. Something about him being the quarterback on the Kurds team, and then all my guys are going up against him. I never really liked that, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Aaron in there, um, even though how good he is. And that brings us into the final matchup. You looked in the group me. You voted the winner by a landslide is Jesus take the field sitting at four and six versus 25 Savage. Daniel Arrow's team. We heard him on the podcast earlier sitting at five and five, a very even matchup across the board. Uh, two teams kind of trending up, hoping for uh, a chance to claim one of those last few playoff spots. Chaz, what do you see when you look at this matchup? I see two teams, one that has most of its pieces back and the other team, I see some um, 
fill-ins. I see some players that maybe weren't there at the beginning of the season or throughout the season, but some trades have been made. Um, some players have been picked up. Um, but all in all, I like both lineups there. I think it's a good pick regardless um, of what the poll said in the chat. I think this is a good matchup. Um, pretty evenly matched regardless. Um, look, Taking a look at Jesus take the field. Um, Lamar, I'm really going up against Chicago regardless of how good their defense has been in the past this year. It's been a little um, iffy. And I'm thinking Lamar's going to have a pretty big bounce back week. Um, Dalvin Cook there. A.J. Dillon's looked great. Um, and then a couple of guys down here that have had big games, not so big games. So hopefully it's a big game week for them. I would be happy with his lineup. And then on 25 Savages end, um, he is without his main quarterback, Russell Wilson, which he's been without a few times. Um, but in steps Joe Burrow going to get, going up against um, the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Patty Ice had a, a game last week with them. And it looks like most of his players, granted, they got some questionable uh, designations there, but they, they seem to be in decent health. So if they do anything that um, they should do, I think we're looking good. Yeah, I really like Daniel's lineup. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, one thing to note, Ezekiel Elliott, in big games, in this matchup with Kansas City, is poised to be a pretty big game, um, really kind of plays down to competition. And by saying that, he seems to put up uh, well below his projected fantasy totals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this game turns into a shootout and Dallas really relies on their passing game, if they can still keep uh, a ground game going and keep Ezekiel Elliott involved for a fantasy productive day. Um, outside of that, I think he's got some really good pieces and some guys that are, are due to go off being Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, all guys that have very high ceilings, the number one options on their team, uh, and could really leave an interesting week matchup between these two teams, our game of the week. And on the other side, like you said, you just take the field has kind of uh, plugged in a few players and, you know, you don't hate it. You see AJ Dillon uh, and Tyler Conklin to note a few in his lineup. Uh, these are some guys that at the beginning of the season or even four weeks ago, um, you'd see him on the waiver wire and kind of just look over him uh, in hopes of finding someone else or a diamond in the rough. But these are two guys that because of injuries, because of, uh, in Tyler Conklin's case, the usage that he has, especially in the red zone, um, have become very valuable fantasy assets and are smart uh, in terms of the starting positions that Ethan has put in his lineup. So I like this matchup. I see it being very, very, very close. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge here to Jesus take the field. Yeah, one thing, after watching Debo last week, um, anybody who's got him on his team coming from Daniel, he could have a 30-burger or he could have a uh, less-than-productive week um, for that. So I'm curious to see how he does. And it's time now to bring back a recurring segment that we've done several times on this podcast uh, we're taking a look back at Toilet Bowl Alert. We broke down all the teams earlier. Uh, we gave some substantial reasons as to why each of these teams could make the playoffs and what they need to do to um, make that happen. But Chaz, go ahead and tell me who you think you're going to put on Toilet Bowl Alert this week uh, and who's in danger of falling down the ranks in terms of our standings. Yeah, I think um, this week on Toilet Bowl Alert, I will be putting Daniel Arrow. And I know he's been a guest on this week. Um, he doesn't know I'm doing this, and I am doing it behind his back. Um, but I'm going to pick Daniel purely because, uh, you know, I was I'm pretty confident in my team. 
and uh, he shut me down real quick. And then on the other hand, he was pretty confident in his team. So I think the only right thing to do is to just say, cool your jets, pal. You know, you've, you've been good in the past, but you got to earn it every year, my friend, and you have not earned it yet. So unless I see differently, you're in toilet bowl alert, my friend. Serving up a little humble pie. I like that. Um, the team I'm putting on toilet bowl alert is a team I've been riding with a lot of this year. Uh, and I think it's time to realize where they're at currently uh, and to make them aware of the situation that is impending them unless they're able to turn it around these next few weeks. And that is putting the toilet bowl alert on the Jasper Wildcats. Mm. Now you look at this team up and down, they look strong. You look at their bench. It's also very strong. This is a team that just hasn't quite worked out. Um, I have concerns with some of the players that are in the starting lineup, if they're fully back, fully healthy, uh, or if they're going to be on a limited count, both with Saquon, James Robinson, and Kyler Murray. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Tyler is in must-win territory. He's going up against me, so I didn't pick this game. Uh, but I like my lineup a lot, as I've noted earlier in this podcast. So if Tyler is not able to turn things around and it really starts this week, he is slowly slinking into that spot where he is a shoe-in for the toilet bowl matchup and unfortunately could be in a position where he's attempting a 30-30 come spring. You know, funny you say that because I think um, he's probably going to win every other game by quite a bit. Um, none of his players are going to get hurt. Um, he's going to make a playoff push and possibly make it to the championship. I'm maybe going to knock on wood because I think that's probably going to happen. So I think he's going to do really well. Um, nothing bad's going to happen. Um, no bad luck here. He's probably going to win the rest of his game. So. All right, and that does it for another episode of From the Commissioner's Desk. Chaz, you bested me once, you bested me twice. Good for you. Well, good for you.